0: Blue Wire. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You're listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Fangirl Playbook on Blue Wire. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, joined as always by my co-host, Stephanie McCarroll. And today, Steph, we continue our deep dive into Friday night light. Yes, I'm into it. You got me hooked, Tracy. <laughs> Oh, I'm so happy. Every time I get someone hooked on this show, it feels like a personal accomplishment in am so, so we're moving into episodes 4 and 5 entitled Who's Your Daddy and Get Her Done respectively. There's my Texas accent for everybody. <laughs> pretty um, good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I the episode titles are actually pretty great in the show and it's not something that I'd paid as close of attention to uh, until we started doing this, but they're pretty Awesome. So those are the two episodes we're going to be focusing on today, starting with Who's Your Daddy? I had said to Steph, this is one of my favorite episodes in the entire five seasons of the series. And it has one of my favorite lines, which we will get to shortly. So in this episode, there is a lot going on. It is, first of all, it's the bye week, which right. in Dylan is like really a sad week because they don't have their football. And <laughs> They love their football in Dillon, Texas. And we hear slamming Sammy Mead in the beginning, talking about it, which by the way, at some point we got to do a deep dive episode just on him. We hear him every episode, the entire series, and I don't think we ever see him. So at some point we'll do a deep dive on him. But so he talks (laughs) about in the beginning, they're in the bye week. They don't like bye weeks in Dillon. Uh, In the place of football, on the bye week will be a dance recital. Uh, They do it on the bye week because then people, as Tammy Taylor says, because then people may actually go. And Coach's daughter, Julie Taylor, will be participating in the dance recital. Matt Saracen, as we know, QB1 at the moment, uh, has a real thing for Coach's daughter. And that becomes, of course, another huge storyline throughout the series. Anyways. So that is what we have going on there. Matt's dad has returned from Iraq, which creates a whole host of interesting issues and conflicts. Uh, he's been gone a very long time. He doesn't quite know how to, essentially, I would say, step adjust to society when not at war. He seems right. to be very awkward with some of the kind of um, things going on in everyday life. He sees what Matt is dealing with in taking care of his grandmother, who is his father's mother. So there is a lot going on there. And he certainly doesn't quite get the football thing and how important it is to Matt. So we see him come back. in the bye, After the bye week, the Panthers are going to play their rivals, the Arnett Mead Tigers. And there are always pranks that go on back and forth, and then some get worse than others. The Arnut Mead Tigers take it upon themselves to trash the Dylan Panthers locker room, and it's in very poor taste. It is a disaster. It looks awful. The whole thing is a huge mess. Uh, but the coach, Coach Taylor, tells his Dylan Panthers, under in no uncertain terms, they are not to retaliate. Which, of course, in TV terms, means they are absolutely going to (laughs) retaliate. (laughs) So uh, Tim Riggins, Smash, who are starting to get along a little better, they come to get Matt one day after work and the Alamo freeze and they go and smash up the cars of some of the Arnett Mead Tigers. Matt is very frustrated with his dad, frustrated kind of with the addition of Ray Voodoo Tatum and the quarterback controversy it's going to create on his team, he's frustrated with a lot of things, and he really goes to town on one of these players' cars. Yeah. And, and when they come running out, he's really the only one that is recognizable because he's still there hitting the car, and that becomes important.
1: So they – go ahead, Steph. No, I was just going to comment on that because that after the car incident, it was actually the second time that they had, you know, the first, the Panthers locker room was trashed, but then they had the party at the coach's house and they threw that brick that said like brick and it was like thrown through their window. So I think it was like the last straw. And that's when Matt gets in the car with, you know, Tim and smash, you know, and, all you know, the kids, and then they just run and they take it. So, I think that you 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 kind of start see the pressure to start build up. you see the pressure to start with the party where you know the coach's wife has to like have this big party for everybody without any notice, so it's really like to me like the pressure episode you know and and people just lose
0: control and you bring up a great part with point with the party and there's a lot of tension there, and this is like a huge party, basically he tells her maybe one or two days before and he basically says it's just going to be the team and then it ends up being the team and the team's families and basically the entire town of Dillon is at their house and she's been given about no time to prepare and there is a lot of tension there and it it continues to drive home the point that football runs is king essentially I was going to say runs king but I don't think that's an actual term football is king in Dillon and Coach Taylor, who's probably one of the best and certainly like a wonderful person and coach, also is so wrapped up in it and so wrapped up in who is he starting at quarterback and the team is one and one and all the right. pressure that it doesn't even occur to him that telling his wife one or two days before a party that they're going to have like a hundred or more people at their house is even a big deal. And right. we start to kind of see. I know what I want to say. Football reigns supreme. That's the term that I was going for, or runs king, whatever you guys prefer. Um, So I think we start to see a lot of that pressure there and the familial pressure. Uh, And with the daughter's dance recital going on
1: and There's a lot. And then everybody's asking him, who's going to start? Who's going to start? So it's like, you know, everybody's clearly frustrated. They're under the table at one point. There's, you know, it's Mm -hmm. just, literally, you know, it's (laughs) just the, the pressure is just building up and you see it like, even when Matt was video conferencing with, you know, his dad in Iraq and everything, you know, he's like, well, who's starting? Who's starting? So, and Matt's getting asked the question, coach is getting asked the question, so it's just like, it's like, okay, you know, like what's going to happen? What's, you know, going to happen? And of course, everybody wants Voodoo to start. He's doing all these interviews and all of this stuff. And they just think he- it's a slam dunk. But there's like some, there's some, He coach is clearly torn up about that decision. Well,
0: and I think when you bring up the video conferencing, that's a very good point too, because that's really our, fir- that's our first introduction to Matt's dad in terms of meeting him. And, he looks at the football and whatever Matt's dealing with in Dylan as certainly less important, I would say, and not not in a condescending way, but then what he's dealing with in Iraq. And you right. can see I mean, and clearly, yeah. And, exactly. it, and, and he's <laughs> in many ways right, but it doesn't. T- but that being said, he's talking to his 16 year old son, and for his 16 year old son, this is his life absolutely. And and Matt is dealing with a lot and you take the football out of it. There's a lot of pressure there. So, and what, with his grandmother and we've talked a lot about that and that will become a bigger storyline uh, in future episodes. But, you know, we see a real disconnect there between father and son. And, Absolutely. And,
1: and the it's pressure, not sure that's like everybody's under, like everybody has their own pressure. Like that's kind of what you see through this, this situation. It's just a really hard time and even like Jason like they cut to him and he's trying to hold a fork so it's like everybody has their own thing that they're coping with and I was like oh man you know that it's like it's you know it's hard and every and you kind of see that everybody has something that they're you know trying to fight within themselves you know
0: yes I think that that's absolutely true and it's kind of an interesting and I hadn't really thought about this before but it's that idea that Yes. Jason's trying to hold a fork. Matt's dad is fighting in Iraq. Matt is worried about whether he's still going to start, but each, but each person's pressure is still theirs. Right. Even if it doesn't seem as important as the others. Uh, and you know, Jason and Matt's dad are obviously dealing with much bigger things, but each person's pressure is still there. And so when we see Matt smash up that car, it just, it got to him and he, he really, the pressure got to him and he took it out on that car and that happens. I think that happens to the best of us. We've all probably <laughs> had moments where we lose it and whatever object or person who's there that we could yell at or object, whatever it is, we lose it. And that's human. And that's, I think, one of the things about the show that's so great is the human aspect of it and how it's really about people with the backdrop of football. And that's 100%. what I'm thinking.
1: Yeah. And even in, like it opened up, the whole episode opened up where... Coach can tell that Matt is pent up or whatever, and I think at one point he says, "You know, you need to basically, you know, get a girl." Take
0: her favorite, that that's my favorite part. That's the part that that's like the part I'm building to. So you're yeah. so. Matt, I mean, have no idea he likes his daughter. So it's like it's like oh. oh. So basically so Matt is working at the Alamo freeze. He's taking out the trash one night. He's by himself in the back. And some of the guys from Arnett Mead come to retaliate on Matt and they beat the crap out of him. I mean, the absolute crap out of him. And uh, before this, nobody would admit to coach Taylor who it was that uh, took, took, vengeance upon the Arnett Arnett Mead and who smashed the cards like no one would tell him that. When the coach ends up picking Matt up from the hospital, he knows who did it. Obviously Matt kind of fesses up and it's clear that Matt was a, a big part of it. And earlier in that episode, the coach does say to Matt, um, Is there a girl you like? Or do you have a girlfriend? And Matt <laughs> says no. And he says, is there someone you like? And he said yes. And he says, well, son, you gotta like you know, take that girl, get her get her in the back of a car, whatever you need to do, but you need to release some of your frustration. And what's also interesting about this, of course, is the episode entitled, Who's Your Daddy? Well Taylor Coach Taylor is the daddy right. of the girl that Matt likes <laughs> who he was the girl he would like to get in the back of the car. And it's just it's a kind of a funny moment for the fans, but it also again drives home a little of that point. To Coach Taylor, whoever this girl is, and is a nameless, faceless girl, and he would just like Matt to get her back in the back of a car so he can be a little looser for game time. But if he knows, which later he does, that that girl is his daughter, that changes the entire dynamic. And I think that's kind of an interesting thing, the, the difference between the football coach and the dad and the football coach and the person. So when Coach ends up picking Matt up from the hospital, they have to go to the dance
1: recital. (laughs) What did you say, Steph? Yeah, straight to the dance recital, which is, it's funny because he ends up taking, you know, Matt to go see his daughter. And I think that's where he finally realizes like, oh, you know, and then questions himself because he knows what he said to Matt, but it's almost like, he's like, but not my daughter. So there's like a different, like, Standard there, like it's okay in the football realm, but do you really think that that's you know appropriate to you know? And so it kind of you you know the coach has to kind of see what he what he really like believes in, you know. So yeah, so that's what I was saying. The difference
0: between when it was a nameless, faceless girl and when it's Julie. So they go to the dance recital. Matt's actually secretly thrilled to go to the dance recital because he really likes Julie. And then after the recital, coach sees them talking and it it just hits him that like, oh, the girl he likes is my daughter. And he says to Tammy, I think I just told that boy to get her daughter in the back of a car. Yeah. And that is like one of the great, like that's just, that's kind of one of the greatest lines to me. And then there's a nice moment where Matt's there and then he leaves and he waves to the coach because at the end of the day, he's not in their family and now it's family time. And there's, you know, just something about that. But this episode who's your daddy also really is the beginning that we see a real father son relationship develop between matt and coach taylor so it's um it's a good one there's a lot going on in there and i think that there's a little comic relief in the fact when he says you know get a girl in the back of your car and we all know it's it's his daughter but he doesn't and there's comic relief when he says it's a tammy but there are a lot of very deep issues in this episode And, um, it's a good one. It's like I said, it's one of my absolute favorites. And I think the other things with these titles is they really do fit the theme of the episode. And that very much is the theme of the episode. So before we move on to get her done and before we, we can talk further about who's your daddy, I just want to take a quick moment so that we can hear from our sponsor. They say a healthy gut means a healthy you. Favor apple cider vinegar shots bottle this feeling into the convenience of a two ounce shot. Better digestion, stronger immune system, and the lowering of blood sugar levels are just some of the benefits to shooting a daily favor shot. Their proprietary blends are raw and organic and mixed with other functional ingredients to create a better tasting experience. First time shooters can go to drinkafavor.com. All right, Steph, before we move on to get her done, which is now my favorite thing to say in my fake Texas accent, <laughs> um, do you have any other thoughts on who is your daddy that you want to talk about? No,
1: um, the only thing I just want to add about like the whole fork thing with Jason, you know, he, the therapist mm-hmm. was trying to get him to like move his hands. And so it's just like battle. And I don't know, I kind of just really felt for him in that moment because it's like, You know, what a place to be at, you know, to relearn how to use your hand and, you know, to eat. And so he's what's kind of you're also introduced to his roommate. And his roommate is like digging around in his food and it's gross. But he's trying to find some heart inside him, some like anger, some sort of anything to get him to really like, you know, that there's fight there. And he like talks. He's like, things are gonna change. Girlfriends are gonna leave. Family stops showing up. Parents will, you know, move on. And it was just kind of interesting dynamic. And you, and then that's when you finally see Jason. You know, basically hit him with a cup or whatever. And it's not that you want anyone to do that, but it's like you you see that fight in there. So everybody is going through all these things. And I think that that's really this dilemma whether it be the dementia you know that Matt has to deal with it, it's his grandma or it's just everybody has that like their own load and so I just thought that was interesting and you start to see like the everything really come together and everybody hits their breaking point
0: like there's Absolutely. that and you know for Jason the difference between a few weeks earlier he was preparing to have this incredible season and go on to play in college and then to the NFL and now he's learning how to use a fork and that it's quite a juxtaposition there that's a there's yeah. a good word for that, but it is quite a
1: juxtaposition there and, it, and we even, see a lot of, and even sorry, go ahead. and even Tim and Lila you know they're they're like going what you know they're basically continuing to hook up and that's creating another whole you know big you know problem as it were and it's you know it's it's gonna explode. I guess is what, what I'm trying to say. Like everybody's at like everybody has their breaking point, and everybody in the episode is like kind of like leading up to this. And let's let's
0: talk about Tim and Lila for a little bit, um, just just for a second before we get to our next episode. But I think this is an interesting relationship, and it's one that when I tell people to watch Friday Night Lights, people always say to me. I'm really mad at Tim and Lila, and I know we touched upon this yesterday, and I totally get it. but I also keep going back to the idea that you have these 16, 17-year-old kids, and Lila's whole life just changed, just turned completely upside down, and in a lot of ways so did Tim's. Uh, his life was not going to be dependent on Jason Street and the ways Lila's was, but Jason was or is his best friend, and it's a lot to deal with. And there is a scene in the very first episode in the pilot of Lila and Jason and Tim and Tyra sitting around a fire drinking beers. It's the first time we hear Texas forever. And Tim's kind of joking around about how when Jason's super famous, Tim's going to do this and Tim's going to do that. And I mean, I think different than Lila, but I think a lot of their hopes and dreams were pinned on Jason. And also the idea that like this kid from Dylan was going to be... A big deal, and what does that do to the town? So, I think with Tim and Lila, I give them it's not right, and oh my gosh, I was about to sing that Whitney Houston song. It's not right, (laughs) but it's okay. (laughs) It's not right, and it's not it's not okay. But you can kind of understand it, especially when you take into account that they're so young. Yeah. you know, I, they're going to make mistakes, and that, and maybe for Tim and Lila, that was their
1: breaking point. That's how they're dealing with it, right? I think that I mean they're still human, and humans make yeah. mistakes, and you know, and you know, like you said, is it good but do they deserve a life sentence for it you know it's just like you know there's I I don't know I you know as I've gotten older you can kind of see a little bit wider you know like obviously like I was like no when I first saw it but you you kind of see the different dimensions of their personalities and you know they're taking it hard and they obviously care they obviously feel guilt do you know what I Mm -hmm. you know and so when they know like I feel like that's the when you know you're a good person is if you feel bad for something, you know what I mean? That then you know, okay, you can recognize that you've done something wrong and you try to correct it. I mean, that's all you can do. Nobody, you know, expects perfection. So I actually think when you make a mistake and you're able to admit it, that kind of shows that, you know, the content of your character, you know, that to me is like all about it. It doesn't mean that, you know, you don't, aren't going to hurt people. But at the same time, you know, we do that as human beings. So I, I, I have no problem with them. I don't judge them for it. And like you said, they're so young. Like if I could take back everything I've done. It was a,
0: it was a mistake and it wasn't a good thing to do, but is it, like you said, is it worth a life sentence? Do you, like, I wouldn't want a life sentence for things I did at 16, 17, 18, 19, you know, obviously right. none of them were so terrible that they create a life sentence, but that's how we learn, and that's how we grow, and so exactly. we see, we'll see a lot develop there. But I'm glad that you brought that up because that is still obviously a very, very big part of the show, and so that moves us into get her done. Which <laughs> is my, so you guys, that's that's my Texas accent. You'll probably never hear it again. So there it is, um, but Texas forever. Steph, tell us about this episode because it's another. Very big, very important
1: one, yeah, so basically it's Wednesday, and I love how it does that because you you know it's basically everything leading up to the Friday night, you know, yeah, and so it's Wednesday the coach sits voodoo down and he talks about you know hey i don't know who i'm going to start and he you can tell that the coach wants voodoo to you know say what he wants to you know what he wants him to say like i'm going to be the leader i'm going to do this i'm going to go out there and give it 100% coach kind of thing but voodoo does not he's like he he's like the exact opposite he says you know i'm not here to make friends I'm here to get re- noticed. I'm here to get recruited, and this is just an arranged marriage, nothing more. But the lack of respect is so like, ugh. like, and obviously no, the coach, no. you know, doesn't like him. You know, he doesn't come off as a nice guy. You know, and it's, it, it, he's just like, ugh. So, and I, and I know the coach talks to his wife. You know, he trusts Matt. And he doesn't like voodoo, but he believes he can win the game with voodoo. You know, so it's right. like he he has that decision. So, you know, he wants them to to tell them tell him what he want. You know what he wants to hear, but at the same time, Matt does, but voodoo doesn't. So that's really mm-hmm. what the the difference. And of course. He picks Voodoo for the starting position. But then on the same episode, it's like you have all these layers. Tyra meets that guy from Suits, Connor. Yeah. <laughs> um, the guy with some suits, yeah. <laughs> <Patrick Adams laughs> from Suits, yeah. Patrick Adams from Suits. Yeah. So, and, you know, he he's obviously pursuing her pretty uh, hard. And he's like an investment banker or something like that. and. You know, he comes off as a really nice guy, you know, and she kind of shares like all her personal problems about her dad, basically, you know, what the, he worked as a rigger and the town comes in, but when they leave, their money's gone, everything's gone, you know, and, you know, it's emotional because, um, you know, she's, she's kind of sharing that with him. And, you know, she thinks that, you know, he's like, really great. But, Uh, Basically, after she sleeps with him, he walk. You know, he returns and says he has a girlfriend. So I just saw a lot of her. He said, and he says this. That whole scene
0: is like, it's just unbelievable because he's so casual about it. Like like he almost. (laughs) Would you you say, Seth? I said he's such a dickhead. (laughs) Sorry. He really is. I mean, no, he really is. He's such a dickhead. And he she shares all that with him, talks about how when people they come in with the money and then they leave and he listens. And I mean you've got he's got this high school girl. He's clearly in his twenties, so it's illegal. Um if we were gonna get into the romantics of that. So gross. (laughs) And he she they're supposed to go to dinner. And she comes to his hotel room, and dinner does not happen. So we find them the next morning. He had gone out to get croissants, but yeah, he just sits down. He's like, "So, listen, I have to go back a day early to California, and I have a girlfriend, and it's actually it's pretty serious." So, and I'm like,
1: "It's pretty serious." <laughs> <laughs> and you just totally led her on like he was like oh you did great in LA which is where he's from or whatever mm-hmm. and I'm like he gave her all these like false you know hopes oh well maybe I will get out of here maybe I will be able to find somebody I like and go move to LA or whatever so I I just thought that was just trash and and but I really felt for because I mean she just I mean, that, that just like almost broke her. It's like everybody that comes in to her life just basically takes what they want and uses her and then leaves her. And I, I don't know. Yeah, it made me sad. <laughs> it, it, is, it, it is sad. It's a really, it's a heartbreaking,
0: it's actually a really heartbreaking scene. And um, he's just such a jerk and he's so just laissez-faire about it. It's just, it's like un. It's almost unbelievable it's not, but it's almost unbelievable you're like this guy, and she's in high school. That is the thing. Like, and he's that careless with the feelings of such a young girl. It, I mean, it's not good to be careless with feelings, anyways, but the whole thing. And then I think, like, gross, he's going to go back home to LA and his girlfriend's <laughs> going to be like, How was your trip? And he'd be like, Oh, it's fine, whatever. Like, it's just, you know, it's just so, everything about it is just so gross. Uh, but that's a good, it's an important part of this episode. So anyway, sorry, continue, continue on.
1: And then you take it back to football practice, you know, and you can see that um, the OC is basically giving Tatum all the first team reps. And so Mm -hmm. the coach comes up and he's like, no, I want to alternate the first, team reps you know or whatever and he then it cuts to like he's copying the playbook and he tells him that he wants his job and he sees you know says that he better you know pull it together and that he loves the boys too so everybody is super passionate about the team i mean there's everybody knows that that's what you know they want to win but there's also some you know uh, you know basically it's a trauma there with you know he wanted his job and he's copying the playbook and he's trying to you know veer for his job so it's almost like the coach doesn't know what to do because he has this choice between the two quarterbacks but also it it doesn't just mean winning the game or losing the game it could mean his job so it's like the the amount of pressure is uh just just crazy it is, and it's
0: that's an interesting relationship with him and Mac, who's his offensive coordinator. Mac McGill is is older than Coach Taylor. He's been there longer, and he did think he was going to get that job. And really, Coach Taylor got that job. He deserved it, but mu- very much for the work he had done with Jason Street.
1: Right. And
0: there's that in the pilot. There's that question. The media says, "Do you did you get this job because?" Of Jason. And so now without Jason Street, the coach really does have to fight for his job week after week. And, you know, it's an interesting conversation, but it's like Coach Taylor has this it's hard being Coach Taylor because he wants to win and it is his job, but he also, I think, sees himself as a leader of men. And he is responsible for teaching these kids how to not only be football players, but how to be men. And so it's a very very tough decision but in the end it's and in some ways he would really would like to have Matt Saracen's personality in Voodoo's body right essentially yeah.
1: I, and, and he was he I felt like he was serving up Voodoo the chance to, to say what he needed to say and he just didn't you know And they made Voodoo very
0: much a bad guy I mean they really made him a bad guy because I think it was the only way um and you'll obviously finish talking about the episode in a second but You've got this kid who comes in with, he's clearly the more talented player. He clearly, in that regard, should definitely be the starter. And the only way that you could have the audience not see that is by making him a really bad, like really not good guy. Not a bad guy in that he's like doing terrible things to people, but he does do some things and say things to people that are pretty awful. And he's just not you know he not a good guy but anyways sorry go ahead Steph so we get to game time and yes. who is our starting
1: quarterback before game time though the biggest scene to me was the best scene that I've seen in a while this one made me cry was oh my gosh that makes me cry with the coach <laughs> comes in gives Jason the helmet and Oh. And then yes. the whole team comes in and touches the helmet. And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to cry thinking about it. And then Tim Tim's the last one yeah. and it, oh, with his God. unwashed hair comes in the last mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's a tough scene. It's just a tough scene because it's been what, like three weeks since injury. And I'm sorry if my best friend did not come for three weeks. I, I don't know. I I pretty, it's pretty bad. I I would I would. There's just there's just a lot of emotion there, and he doesn't even know he's sleeping with his girlfriend. But it's just like, oh! and you can just see the angst in everybody. It's just tough, and so Definitely. that yeah, that's right before the game, and but I loved it because I loved that they it, you know they they had something to play for, and
0: voodoo actually comes too. Yeah, which. You know. Because Voodoo does not know Jason, right? Um, the
1: whole team. I mean, they literally went on from the rally to the bus to see Jason. You know, so it's kind of like I don't know. I just like I love that, and I love that about Coach Taylor.
0: Yeah, no, it was it was incredible. It was, that is an incredible incredible scene, and now I'm totally crying thinking about it. Um, <laughs> no, not. No, But that's to be expected. If I don't cry once a podcast talking about Friday Night Lights, then we are not doing our job, Steph. I'll tell you that right now. Um, All right. So now we are in time. Uh, Voodoo is going to be the starting quarterback. What happens?
1: Well, um, it's. I mean, he decides to start Ray Voodoo Tatum, you know. And, you know, you have all everybody just, like, talking. You have – it's basically they did the debut of – ray and there's you know this floored me Sixteen thousand in attendance at a high school football game but this is like how big Mm -hmm. it is and you know they're just not having a good game you know they're down by a touchdown uh you can tell um voodoo's clearly frustrated the offensive lines breaking down you know um riggins was open at one point and Tatum just decides to improvise and run with it. And he's successful at that. And the coach sees, you know, basically what Voodoo's strong points are. And he wants to run the ball because to create, you know, this, you you can tell that he, he wants them to play physical, but they're giving it all they have and it's the Tigers. So he is calling the plays and Voodoo um, is doing otherwise. And, but then Voodoo's successful at it. And what was crazy to me was when he he changed the play and he runs it in. And then the coach wants to, like, basically get down his throat. And he just points to the scoreboard. And I was just like, oh, hell no. <laughs> like, if I'm the coach. And, and it's clear to everybody in the stadium that he. I know. <laughs> Yeah. I, I, that to me, that would be like I'd, I'd have kicked him off right there. <laughs> like, sorry, but he. So, but it, I, I don't know. I was just like, any, I don't know if you've played sports. I mean, that's like that is like the worst possible thing you could do. Like, it, you know. Anyway, he just keeps on ignoring Coach Taylor. But then you know, Voodoo throws the ball behind the receiver, and there's a pick six, and obviously that didn't go as smoothly as voodoo thought it was going to go. And you know, basically coach Taylor benches voodoo and Matt goes in and they've got a score like 85 from 85 yards away. And so, you know, that's when, um, but Matt, he comes in um, and he's blocking, he's doing whatever it takes to, to, you know, win. And, I loved it. He came in and he, he got it done and <laughs> Get it done. he got it done. And like, and I, and then they decide to even go for the two point and Panthers take the game. So it was just like, it was, it's basically showing that no, who, no matter who you think you are, or how talented you are, it, it, there's so much more to, to the sport and that you, you know, you really see like, you know what's going you know what's going on so um you know I, I I just think that it was it really showed a lot about Matt's character so I'm still on the yay for Matt train over here because well, does, he, uh, does
0: Matt kiss Julie at the end of this episode yes yeah yes and that is that is a big moment Julie comes over to congratulate him Matt kisses her and she's all flustered and she's like okay well good game and leave. so that will a little bit of a, a cliffhanger for the future. Uh, so we have a lot, there's a lot to unpack and what happens with Voodoo, Voodoo, what happens with this team next week? We're going to be talking about an episode called El, the next episode, El Accidente, which is a pretty powerful episode. They're all really powerful episodes, but it's a really powerful episode. And we will again, see breaking points hit. So, I look forward to talking about that. But before we go, Steph, we got a fangirl says our who's hot, who's not of Friday night lights. Oh, okay, okay. Um
1: hmm. oh, this one's hard because I, I like so many people. Um you know, I'm I'm gonna say, well mine who's not voodoo because he just pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. Um, yeah. And,
0: uh, <laughs> who's not for that for sure
1: okay and uh, just because and I when he pointed at the scoreboard I was like oh my god who do you think you are kind of a guy you know so that that bugs mm-hmm. me I'm going to say who's my hot is the roommate who takes Jason to the wheelchair scrimmage whatever thing it is I yeah. don't know what to call it um but it's so cool that they can like you know he can you know he sees what he can do so at one point you know like he goes from holding a fork and and maybe trying to throw a beach ball to maybe going and doing this so it just gives him something to play for so uh, even though the roommate like bugged me in the beginning I I can see that he's really um trying to find Jason in there
0: and I think we're and we will talk more about him as the as we go on in the season because he's an integral part of the season and the show. And he, in many ways, I'm not going to give anything away, but I think you can see the beginnings of it. He changes Jason's life in so many ways and does give him hope. So I think that's an awesome who's hot. Um, And I am going to give my who's hot once again to coach Taylor, because I'm thinking about that scene and it's just so sweet when they all, and here I am crying again. And I, and (laughs) they, When they all go to visit Jason, but I also am giving it to coach Taylor because we really, in these episodes and they've been building to it, but we see in these last two episodes, the who's your daddy thing, just, I hate to keep harping on it, but I'm going to anyways. He's very much a father figure to so many of these kids. And he does, like I said earlier, he doesn't just see himself as a leader of football players. It's a leader of men and he has so much to teach them. And we see that. And even before a big game to take everyone to the hospital to see Jason, it's, it's just shows a character that maybe not every coach has. And it also shows that as important as football is and his job is, he can step outside of himself and see, you know, what else is going on in the world. So I'm going to give my who's hot to coach Taylor again. <laughs> and i probably do crying the rest of the day thinking about that scene because it's so special. And I may go back and watch it again just because. Um, But with that, we will be back next week to go over episodes. I believe we'll do episodes six and seven. Two episodes, I think, seems to kind of be our sweet spot here, at least for a little while. There's just always so much to unpack. Uh, but if you guys have anything specific you want us to talk about, please make sure to let us know. You can tweet us at Fangirl Sports. Let us know your favorite parts, the characters you may want us to delve further into. And I think, you know, someone else will talk a lot more in the coming weeks. Landry, Matt's best friend. He becomes an important character. So we have a lot, a lot to discuss here. Uh, but for for today, we are going to sign off with the clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose... <laughs> Don't forget to write us a review and to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. And we will talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, Steph. Bye bye. Texas forever. Texas forever. <laughs>